Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for supporting and believing in me. Also, a shout out to my sponsors, Mori Nutrition. Uh, they have a, a calm drink. They're their official drink of the Belief Cast now, which is uh, thank you guys for supporting me. Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried and Jensen, and Thread Wallets. You guys are amazing. You're amazing companies with amazing people, and I appreciate your support. And all of you tuning in uh, weekly, that means a lot to me. Thank you, and thanks for sharing these and supporting uh, our cause. I bring on some amazing people every single week, and you know it just seems to always be amazing. And so today's going to be no different. We're joined by Cesar Castro. Exactly. I, I yes. said that right? Yes, okay. you said it perfectly. Great, thank you. Yeah, you, um, I'm excited um, because I'm really big into the story we tell ourselves um, personally, and you're like the master of storytelling. You teach people how to be better storytellers. Yeah. Right. Is that, you know, if we were to sum it up, if you were to sum it up, <laughs> I think it kind of summed it up better. I, I literally just help people tell good stories. Yeah. And we're going to get into that. I'm excited. So Cesar is a psychologist. He's got two master's degrees, one in organizational psychology, the other in professional communications. He's also an adjunct professor professor at uh, of public speaking at Weber State University here in Utah, yeah. which is really cool. You have founded three companies. Uh, you help business leaders and entrepreneurs develop more influence and impact through again strategic strategic storytelling. Um, you're also the hope of the one uh, the host of one of the top podcasts in Latin America. Um, you've also started one here yes, uh, in English. So the one in Latin America is in Spanish, yeah. correct? Yeah. And then the one here is in English, yes. obviously. We're just getting great. started with that. Just getting so. started. <laughs> um, and then you just, you truly believe that all great leaders are great storytellers and, and that's why you do what you do. Yeah. And so thank you for being here. I know you've had a busy day. You've been running around to appointments. It's snowing. Yes. And you're here though. <laughs> so man, that means a lot. So thank you for doing that. And uh, spending some time with us today. No, thank you for the for the invitation. It's uh, it's been it's been great to to connect. We connected yeah. through LinkedIn. Yeah, and, that's how uh, we connected. And yeah. then we started talking a little bit, and and then you invited me on the podcast. And I'm um, I'm super excited because I've also seen all the great interviews you've done, and 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 the the impact that you're generating. Thank and you. And I was like, I, I feel honored to be part of the oh, cool. that group of, of <laughs> great people that you invite on your show. Yeah, right on. Well, hey, before we get into all the good things you're doing now, let's let's talk a little bit about where you grew up and maybe a little bit about your childhood so we get to know you a little bit better. Okay, okay. So I'm originally from Chile, from South America. I was born there. And my family actually moved to the States when I was about seven. And the reason why we moved, the reason why we came to, to Utah actually was because my, my youngest brother was born with a condition that's called hydrocephalus. Hmm. And in Chile, the doctors they really didn't know how to help him very much. And they okay. didn't give him, the, the, his life expectancy was just a few months. Oh, wow. And uh, my dad always tells me that when the doctors came to him and said, hey, look, your son's not going to live very long. I don't know if you guys should really do much because he'll just probably live a few months. Uh, my dad said, no, 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 I can't. Like as a father, yeah. you can't accept that, right? right. You're going to look for whatever options or whatever 
different different ways avenues you have to help your son and and for him his best avenue was to come here he actually had a friend who lived here in utah and his friend was his friend told him that a good option would be to see if they could help him in primary children's the, oh, the primary yeah. children's hospital right, yeah great hospital yeah one of the best wow. pediatric hospitals sure and we 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 moved here to the states uh, my dad actually came with a student visa because it was like the quickest way to come here but the real reason was for my brother was to see if maybe they could help him extend his life a little bit yeah. And when he got here, actually, the, the doctors at Primary Children's, they saw him and they even told my parents, look, his condition is pretty critical. He might only live one or two years. Man. But that was better than a few months, sure. which was what yeah. they were saying right. in Chile. And uh, my brother, Juanito, he actually lived 22 years. Wow. So he overcame all the, <laughs> the expectations, even of the doctors here. And, and because of that, obviously, my family ended up staying here in the in United States. And uh, to me, I, I always, I always say that one of the reasons why I also love telling stories. My my brother Juanito, he never could communicate. He wasn't. He, he was okay. mentally like a three month old baby. Really. Right? Even though okay. physically he he was growing right. as a man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he never could speak and 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 communicate with words. He would mainly just cry or smile mm -hmm. if yeah. he was happy. And I I've always felt that. I had a really close connection with him. I always felt that a lot of the stories and a lot of stories that I do tell, even in the corporate world, are yeah. stories about Juanito. Okay. It's a way to yeah. kind of keep his legacy and, and, oh, and tell beautiful. the stories that he could never tell. It's beautiful. So I, I grew up here in the States because of that. And when I turned 19, I, I served a, an LDS mission. Okay. And I was called to Uruguay in South America. <laughs> Wow. So I went and served for two years in Uruguay, which was a, a great experience. And once I finished my mission, since I was so close to Chile, I decided to go to Chile because I had never been back since oh, I was since six then. Okay. years old. So, yeah. so even though I knew I was from Chile, like I, I felt I didn't really feel connected to, to Chile because I had left when I was so little. Right. right? Yeah, and just yeah. my, my teenage years and things were here. So I went back to Chile and initially I was going to be there for a few months just to travel you know right. chile is a beautiful country yeah. from you know a really long country as well so you got a little <laughs> bit of everything sure and in my trip i met i met uh, a girl a chilean girl mm. who is now my my wife, now your wife. Right. so i ended up staying in chile because i fell in love with a with, yeah. a, with a chilean it's a woman it's a good reason to stay it's a good reason to stay <laughs> and uh ended up staying and and was there for 20 years so I, I studied there. I, I studied psychology. Then I did a master's in organizational psychology. Worked in the corporate world for for a few years, and then decided to start my own my own company in, in consulting and training. Initially, it was leadership development. That was my my focus. I really I was always intrigued by great leaders. You know, yeah. it was always something I was attracted to. Sure. And I started working in leadership development. And I was working in, with with some big companies, and what I started realizing as I was working with leaders is and this was pretty surprising to me honestly because i was working with with top management from from big multinational companies and i always thought that if you get to certain positions in an organization it's probably because you're a great communicator and, right. and inspiring and motivational because yeah. those were the leaders that always caught my attention sure yeah same here and as i started working with these top management leadership position guys i I was surprised to see that they weren't good communicators. 
Mm. I mean, they're really bright, smart people, you know, numbers and, and statistics and all that. They, they yeah. have it. Yeah. But, but it gets to a point also in an organization where you're in certain positions where 80, 90% of your day is communication Yeah. and how you communicate. And if you're inspiring, if you're motivational and, and what caught my attention was that they couldn't do that. And I was naturally, I say naturally because I, I did learn storytelling when I was a kid at school and I competed and I even won the national storytelling competition when I was 12 years old. Did and, you really? And I got invited to the Timpanogos Storytelling Festival and everything as a 12-year-old. So, so you knew as a young kid, this is your kind of your, your I, niche. I, the truth is I, I, I loved storytelling because I thought it was fun. Yeah. I, I was creative and I loved just creating stories. and But I never thought that it was going to be something that I was going to be doing afterwards. Mm. So... I had a certain advantage because I learned to communicate well since, you know, from when I was a kid, like public speaking, because storytelling is a lot of it is public oh, yeah. speaking. Yeah. But I, I didn't, it got to a point when you learn something as a child that you don't see it as a great skill. It's just something you do. Yeah. Right. So when I was, again, now as an entrepreneur and I've got my consulting firm and I'm, and I'm doing trainings and things like that, to me, it came easy. But I, I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't think it was like ex some extraordinary skill set or anything. I just I just yeah. love telling stories. And when I would train leaders, I would I would use even personal stories and connect yeah. it to business principles. And yeah. And I remember one of my clients that I had. I was training a bunch of managers, and one of them I, I established a really good relationship with him. And one day he he was we were like in a coaching session, and he said to me, he's like, Cesar, how how do you do it to tell like how do you tell stories like that like yeah. you you know you were training our team the other day and you told like a personal story about your childhood and then you connected it to like a business. How do you do that? Yeah. And I had never even thought about how I do that because I was just doing it. Because right? it was just natural. It for was you. just natural. Yeah, right. And <laughs> and I was like, good question. Why, you want to learn that? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to learn that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that that is, if, if I can do that as a leader, yeah. I can inspire and motivate my team and for I want to sure. be able to do that because I think that if you can use stories in, in your communication, we make it, much more engaging, much more entertaining. For sure, it's interesting. People want to hear more. Yeah, it's not just numbers and, and yeah, and. exactly. So I started actually. This was like in 2015, 16. I started working with this leader, right? And I started teaching him storytelling. But it was, I was doing it just like almost. It wasn't even part of the project, right? Part, part yeah. of the consulting project. I was just <laughs> doing it because he was asking me yeah. to do it, and and I was working at the same time with like 20 managers, and at the end of the project, after like one year, we were doing this transformational project at the end of the project human resource they start evaluating who who's having the best results and this manager the one i was teaching storytelling to his results were extraordinary just yeah and his teams were engaged and they were they were going to the meetings and they were excited so i remember one of the the, the girls from hr she came up to me she's like what are you doing with him differently because he's different than what the other ones are doing yeah right and i said well I mean, I'm doing, I'm not charging you guys extra or anything, but I'm teaching them storytelling. <laughs> she's like, you're teaching yeah. them what? Yeah. Storytelling. And she's like, I want you to do that with everyone. Because yeah. it's, it's like, he's having different results. Like his, his level of connection with his team and how motivated his team is, is different than all the other ones. Yeah. We want you to teach storytelling to everyone. And that was like the first time that the light bulb came on that Oh, I have something here. Yeah, I can do this. That that others want, yeah. that others need, yeah. and that I'm really good at. Wow. Because that was my skill set. Yeah. And this was like 2015, 16. So that whole year, I started kind of creating a methodology, and I was trying it out and seeing if it was working. And then it just started picking up and picking up and picking up, and and then I just 
even pivoted my whole business, which was more leadership development, to just strategic storytelling. Wow. And and that's what I've been doing ever since. Ever since. Yeah. That is amazing. And you mentioned something, you know, about your brother who who's now passed, but he lived he lived a sounds like twenty years longer than everyone yeah. thought because of what the doctors were saying. But you mentioned that he wasn't able to communicate. And you said you alluded to that you, you feel like that was maybe one of the reasons why maybe you were maybe more passionate about storytelling because almost like you were the mouthpiece yeah. for him, if you will, and then it was a way to honor him. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that fair? Yeah. It, as as a kid, like I have I have um, four siblings, right? So my oldest brother, my oldest sister, but they're they're like seven years apart from me, right? Okay. So my my oldest brother, my older sister, they're they're close in age, but then my parents waited like six or seven years before having me, and then Juanito with Juanito, we were only a few years apart, like three or four years apart. Okay. So so it almost felt like okay, my older brother and my older sister. They, they, you know, they, they both liked the same thing. They were into music and dancing. And, and my brother's actually a DJ here in, in Utah County, a very well-known DJ uh, oh, really? here in Utah County. Yeah. Oh, right on. And, and my sister, she, for some time during her, her uh, like early adulthood and stuff, she was a professional dancer, right? Okay. So they were into music. I wasn't into music very much. I was into sports and I just mm-hmm. loved stories. With Juanito, what I would do since he couldn't communicate is I would, I would play with him. And what the way I would play with him is by telling like stories, and I would even oh, okay. simulate like like his voice as if he was speaking to me. Oh wow! Right? Okay. Which I think now looking back at it and kind of doing a psychological analysis is what helped me kind of develop yeah. my creativity as a kid. Yeah. Because I I wanted him I wanted him to be involved in the games that I was playing, and when I had like little you know uh, little cars or little yeah. GI Joes. I wanted him to be involved, but obviously he couldn't communicate. So I would create his voice oh, as wow. if he was communicating with me. Yeah. But in the same, at the, at the same time, I was, what I was really developing was the ability to tell stories Yeah. without even noticing that I was developing that ability. So were you a pretty confident kid, do you feel like, when you were growing up? Because uh, you were doing public speaking really early. But you know what? Like, <laughs> to be honest, when, when I was a kid, like six, seven, when we moved to the States, I was mm-hmm. very shy. Okay. I was very shy, very timid, very insecure, right? When we moved to the States, I, I think actually my insecurity went up like 10 levels <laughs> because now I couldn't even understand the people. Well, yeah. Because I, 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 I didn't, have, I didn't yeah. even have any, I had no English background when we moved. Wow. So I, I still remember my first few months when, when I was just six or seven and I would go to school. The first few months, I didn't, I didn't speak at all. And, and I didn't want to speak. I, I, the teacher had me sitting next to her to try to help me out. But my, my mind the whole time I was thinking, like, please don't call on me. You know, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't want anyone to come say hi to me because yeah. I, I, didn't, I felt so uncomfortable. I felt so insecure communicating. Yeah. Yeah. And about three months in, so I, I was now understanding a little bit. Yeah. Right. Because when you're six, seven, three, four months, you, you start picking up the language. So I could understand and I could speak a little bit. I still remember Monday morning, I, I get to class early, go sit down right next to the teacher. <laughs> she comes up to me and, and she she had learned a few Spanish words, right, to try to communicate with me. So she she was like, Cesar, como estas? You know, how are you yeah. doing? I was, oh, I'm doing great. Thank you. And then she said, uh, Cesar, today, um, hoy, to uh, storytell. To uh, contar historia, you tell a story, mm. and I acted like I didn't understand. 
even though I knew what she was asking. Oh, really? Because okay? every Monday, every Monday, she would do like the show and tell. Yeah. You know, like kids do show and tell. Sure. She would do that every Monday, but she would ask just randomly like three or four kids every Monday to get up in front of class and tell a little story about what they had done on the weekend or oh, okay, yeah. bring something and talk mm -hmm. about it, tell a story. Like I think it was her way of, of getting kids to get comfortable with yeah. public speaking. Right. And she had never called on me before, obviously, because I, I couldn't speak, right? She calls on me this time, and I acted like I didn't understand. So I, I said to her, uh, uh, no, no entiendo, no entender. And, no inglés. No inglés. <laughs> and, and then I just looked down the, down the floor, and, and, she, and she, just, she just smiled at me, and, and, and she like now started her class. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, that, that's enough, right? Like I told yeah. her I, don't, I can't speak, yeah. so she's not going to call. Hook. I'm off the hook. <laughs> so she starts calling different kids to come up and... You know, yeah, and share their, share their story, and yeah. then and then all of a sudden I hear, Cesar, it's your turn, tu turno. Literally, Todd, my heart <laughs> stopped. Like really? I still remember yeah. this so vividly because yeah. it was so impactful for me. My my heart just <gasps> and 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 obviously I'm six seven years old. I'm not going to rebel against the teacher, right? So yeah. I I get up and I start walking to the front of class with my knees shaking, my heart going a thousand miles per hour, and and once I get up to the front of the class. I turn around and I look at all my classmates and they're all staring they're at me. Staring like at 30 you. kids yeah, are all right. staring at me and I'm, and I'm just like, uh. <laughs> and with my Tarzan English that I had at that time, <laughs> I, I tried to tell a little story yeah. of, of something that I had done with my family on the weekend. And to me, it felt like I was up there forever. I was probably up there for like 30 seconds, right? <laughs> so I, I tell this little story that I didn't even know if they had understood or not. And yeah, then I right. went and sat down. And when I sat down, I looked at the floor and I was just thinking the whole time in my head, Yeah, you did horrible. Oh, man. You did horrible. They didn't understand you. They didn't like you. My mind was just negative the whole time. And when I finally got the, like the, 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 the will, <laughs> the bravery to look up and look at my classmates, something happened that day, which actually changed everything for me. Because that day, when I finally looked up, all my classmates, they were staring back at me. And they were all giving me a thumbs up. Really? They were all giving me a thumbs up. Oh, man. And that to me, you were asking me if I was a confident kid. Before that moment, I wasn't. After that moment, I was. Wow. So it was like a life-changing moment for you. That was a before and after. Yeah. And, and I always, when I, when I share this experience, because I've shared this experience before, yeah. I always say that that was the first time that I remember in my, my young, you know, six, seven-year-old life that I felt the power of, of telling a story Man. And, and, and felt the power of, I mean, I got up and I didn't even tell a good story probably, right? I don't even remember what I said, <laughs> but just getting up and just trying it yeah. generated something mm -hmm. that I had never felt before. And, and especially the connection that I, I was able to get with my classmates that I think someone for like first time, they're like, oh, this kid is like, he, he, he can say something, right? Because yeah, I had right, never yeah. even, even talked in class. Yeah. And, and from that day on, I just enjoyed that so much, that feeling mm -hmm. that every Monday now when I'd get to class, I'd be the first one raising my hand. Yeah. Like I wanted to go, I want to participate in. And obviously as I participated more, I got better and better and better. Yeah. And then I started 
she started inviting me to compete. They had like a school storytelling competition. I started competing and then I won that. And then they wow. took me to the regional and then they took me to the national storytelling competition. And when I was 12, I, I won that competition and got invited to Timpanogos Storytelling Festival. In English, right? In English. Wow. Everything in English. See, that makes it even more impressive. I mean, it's impressive anyways, but then you throw in, you're learning a new language yeah, at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine me going to Chile and, and <laughs> trying to speak Spanish to everyone and trying to tell a story at the same time. I mean, that's impressive to me. Yeah. And I would imagine when you meet with clients and you're training them, it's probably, there's, they're probably showing, telling you about the fear that they have. Like, I don't even know how am I going to do this? Yeah. Kind of like what you did in that class. Like you just need to go up and go for it. Yeah. Is that yeah. one of the things you're trying to push them to do? When it comes to speaking, when it comes to communication, uh -huh. I, I always say, like the only way you can get good at it is by doing it. Yeah. There's obviously techniques and right. there's methods that, that will help you. But when it comes to an art form like communication, yeah. the only way you can be good at it is by is by doing it. Yeah. Well, the only way you can become a good storyteller is by telling stories. Right. Obviously, if you know the method, it can help you craft the story better. It can help you to to practice it and know where to put the pauses and how to use your gestures. All those things are, are are good because they will help you be more engaging and more powerful when you communicate. But when it all comes down to it, all those skill sets can't be developed unless you're willing to get up and yeah. just and just give it a shot. And give it a shot. Yeah. Wow. Well, you're obviously. I mean, I can even tell the way you speak. You speak with good power. You, you know <laughs> what I mean. You really do, and you're very clear and concise. Obviously, that's part of the practice and the passion yeah. you have around all this. So why is storytelling so important? And you say it's if you're a good leader, you have to be good at storytelling. And yeah. will you talk about the contrast there and why that's so important? I mean, I think I understand it, but let's let our listeners know, like, what does that look like? Yeah. So the first thing we have to understand is that as human beings, we're all storytellers. Mm -hmm. We are we are storytelling creatures. Yeah. The the way yeah. that we that we make sense of the world in our heads is through stories, right? Yeah. When something happens to us, when 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 we see something externally going on, we 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 don't just look at it objectively. Yeah. We create a story in our mind to try to understand what's going on. Right. So so first we have to understand that that we're 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 constantly just surrounded by stories in our head. We're in understanding the world in stories. Yeah. So what tends to happen, and this is why I think that all leaders need to be good storytellers is we get into the business world. If we're talking about business leaders, for example, and now we start talking about numbers and statistics and we as human beings, we're, we're, we're not naturally built for that. Our brain is not naturally built for that. That's why if I were to show you uh, a slide with a hundred numbers, you wouldn't remember many of them. Right. Right. Yeah. But if I were to show you an image and I were to tell you a story, there's there's statistics and there's research that shows that stories are 20 times more memorable wow. than just communicating yeah. information, yeah. data, statistics. So a lot of what happens in the business world today is they just leaders are just really good at communicating statistics and numbers. Right. Yeah. And they think that that's what that's what will be remembered. So what I tell them a lot of times is people don't. The reason why people aren't acting and doing things after you communicate is not, I mean, sometimes it might be that they don't like you and they yeah. just don't want to pay attention to yeah. you. But most of the time it's that they don't even remember what you said. Right. Right. So they were in a meeting with you for an hour and probably what they'll remember 
is the funny <laughs> meme that they got, you know, on their right, phone. Right. Or, yeah. or, or maybe that one joke that you did share, if you did share a joke. Yeah. That's what they'll remember. Yeah. They won't remember slide number five or slide number sure, six. For sure. Right. So the reason why I talk about strategic storytelling, not just storytelling, which is the art of communication through stories. Strategic storytelling has to do with the art of persuasion and influence through stories, which is a little bit different, right? Right. Obviously, you're still communicating, but what I always talk about is as leaders, we need to learn how to use stories since it's already a powerful a powerful tool, communication tool that we have, and it's the way that we make sense of the world, right? Yeah. So we have to learn how to use that tool to be able to communicate our message, right. to be able to communicate our idea. Okay. So there's a, a, a quote that I, I, I read a while back from uh, Dwight Eisenhower. You know, he was a oh, general yeah. uh -huh. and a president. Yeah. He said that the art of influence is being able to take people where you want them to go, but because they want to go. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and the second part is actually the tricky part. Because as right. a leader, sometimes it's like, yeah, this is where we want to go. And, you know, I'll take people where I want to go. But influence is being able to take people where you want to go because they want to go with you. You're and not forcing them. You're not forcing them. Right. And that is where stories come in, come into play. Because the way that you make anything that you want to communicate relevant and make it desirable for others is by putting it in stories. Right. Without yeah. stories, nothing is relevant. Yeah. Well, I know when I've been in presentations and listening to someone, the ones that are doing the stories and stuff yeah. is the ones you're engaged with. Oh, this makes sense. I you learn more, and I agree. I think I remember way yeah. more versus the other way around. If it's just numbers and we're pounding through stuff, it's like check out. <laughs> and you're right, you're on your phone. What's the meme here? Yeah, you're like gonna, finish yeah. quick, please, please finish. finish. Please finish. <laughs> well, you you're a very accomplished guy. You you did this podcast, and you have one um, that you're doing in Latin America. Yeah, and it's it's like one of the number one podcasts over there. What what is the premise around that, and and what who's typically tuning in to listen? Is it is it mainly business leaders, or is it just a whole wide range of people? So the reason why I started the podcast, yeah, it's kind of yeah. I was asking you at the beginning why, like, yeah, how long you've been doing yours, and sure. So I actually started mine just as a personal challenge, because hmm. I started my podcast during the pandemic. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, so that's, that's challenging. The pandemic hit. <laughs> And everything kind of shut down. I was working at that moment. My 100% of my business was was face-to-face, -face, right? And it was with companies, businesses, B2B. Yeah. And when the pandemic hit, everything just just stopped. Just stopped, right. For, for six to eight months, yeah. there, was, there was crickets. And I was like, okay, I got I to gotta, I gotta generate, right? I got a family. I, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I got I to gotta find a way to survive this. I, I got to surf the wave. And this was... 2020. So podcasts, I mean, podcasts have been around a while, but you, you've noticed how the last few years they've just exploded, exploded right? Exploded, for sure. So I was, I, was, I was hearing about podcasting and podcasting and podcasting, but I had never started one. And pandemic hit and I said, okay, I, I think this is a good moment. I, I can be on another platform, you know, stay relevant in a way. But the reason why I actually decided to name the podcast Storytelling Estratégico, which is strategic storytelling in, in, in English. Oh, okay is because I wanted to challenge myself to see how much content I could create around one single concept or idea. Because I could have named my podcast, you know, like leaders, you know. Yeah, leadership. I, 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 even, had, <laughs> I, I even had thought of one before that was I was going to call it El Super Jefe or the Super Boss. Oh, really? Okay? 
and uh, I even bought the domain of it and everything. And what I was thinking at that time <laughs> is like, I'm going to create a podcast where I'm going to be teaching leadership and, and communication is one aspect of leadership. So I'll have to talk about communication, right. but then you can talk about other stuff as well, right? You, you got a, 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 broad, a broad spectrum of things when you're talking about leadership. Yeah. But I decided to name it Strategic Storytelling because I wanted to see how much content I could create around one single concept or idea. So I was presenting myself as an expert in this and I was like, let's see how really, like, let's see if you're an expert in it. Yeah, how, how, how many, good am I really? Yeah, how many episodes <laughs> can you really create around one, one yeah. single idea? Yeah. And, and I started, and I started. And I didn't even have any expectations of if it was gonna, if yeah. it was gonna generate any impact, if it was gonna bring in business, nothing. I just said, I wanna see how much content I can create. And I started creating the podcast and I have a lot of audience on LinkedIn so I started sharing it like on LinkedIn, right? Oh, episode yeah. one came out, episode two. And and people started engaging with it. Yeah. And I started getting like feedback. People were saying, oh, I love the podcast. It's it's helping me so much. And then people would write in little, they'd send me emails like, hey, I was listening to episode you know, 10 and I applied that in my meeting and it went awesome. Oh, cool. Or someone's like, I was, I was yeah. looking for a job and I applied storytelling in the interview and I got the job. <laughs> And, and, and little testimonies it. like that, yeah. that just started like, giving me now a new perspective on like, wow, I'm really helping people. Love so it's not that I'm just challenging myself to do this. Yeah. Like I'm actually helping people. Yeah. And that motivated me even more to just continue creating more content. And initially I had created it thinking like if it was going to hit some target, it was going to be more like corporate leaders. Yeah, right. Because right. that's where I was in. Yeah. But what I saw is that a lot of like corporate leaders listen to it but also a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, right? Entrepreneurs, educators, people who just understand that they have to communicate really well if they right. want to be successful at what they do. Absolutely. And storytelling yeah. is one aspect of communication. I always say it's the aspect, like there's a other, obviously a lot of aspects to communication, but if you're a good storyteller, that is 80% of being a good public speaker. Absolutely, yeah. Right? I, you know, I've been doing public speaking now for 34 years and I feel really fortunate because I had a story to tell even off the, in, in the very beginning, even though I wasn't very seasoned in speaking, mm -hmm. but because of overcoming drug addiction and alcoholism and things like that, I had a story to tell and yeah. people want to hear, well, you did what and you went through what? And, and I, just without knowing, I was learning that, oh yeah, telling these stories are powerful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so I was fortunate enough to kind of learn it the hard way, if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then granted, I've had other people and I've, I've, I've done my research and I've, you know, I've gone to trainings and things like that, but it all comes back to, I agree with you that storytelling is so critical. Even, even us just talking right now, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, people listening in on our podcast, this, yeah. they're listening to this and you're creating a story as you're talking yeah. and it's engaging. Think, think about this. The people that you connect with the most are the people that you've shared the most stories with. Mm. Yeah. So when you think about true. the people who are in your inner circle, yeah, they're the ones that you've shared the most stories with and oh. usually the most personal, deep yeah. stories with. Wow. Because we as human beings, we bond through stories, right? We've been doing this for 100,000 years. Yeah. When we were able to light the first <laughs> fire... Yeah. The first thing we started doing was sitting around the fire and telling stories. Mm. Now, back in the day, you know, 100,000 years ago, stories were actually 
part of our survival method because we would hear stories to talk about the dangers that were outside of our our little tribe right because yeah. we we used to live in small little tribes so when when a warrior would come back from the hunt he would tell stories tell story. about yeah. the possible dangers that were outside yeah and also about the adventures so so anthropologists and people who study humans they talk about how stories were crucial in getting us to migrate getting us to go leave our little our little cave yeah. and want to go out and adventure because when someone comes in and they tell you look up the other side of that mountain there's a there's an incredible world and they start telling you stories about those it gets us excited about wanting yeah. to go there as well right so i i actually think that that's part of the reason why we've evolved telling stories because they at, at the beginning it was part of our survival wow. we, we would tell stories to protect ourselves we would tell stories to to know where to go hunt right. we would tell stories to migrate and now we tell stories to connect we tell stories to be able to make things more memorable and and the great thing is that there's science obviously that backs all this up now that stories are the most powerful way that we can communicate when we yeah. want to get people to feel sure and if we can get yeah. people to feel we can get people to remember well, you know, you look at all the great spiritual leaders in the, you know, that have ever lived. They were great storytellers. Yeah. You know, Jesus, Buddha, Confucius, yeah. they're really good at telling stories. Yeah. And then you and then you remember them more and then you learn the principle they were trying to teach. Yeah. Like, right? Because yep. you take business principles and you connect it to a story. Now I'm going to remember that business principle because I connect it with that beautiful story you exactly. do share, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's so, cool. so that is that is actually part of the strategic storytelling method, right? Okay. It's you can you can practically use any kind of story if you're able to connect the story to the principle or to the idea that you want the, that the audience wants to hear or okay. that they want to hear. Yeah. So, so I always say that stories, even though I focus a lot on the story, the story is just the vehicle. It's, okay. it's a means to an end. The end is the idea that you're trying to get across. The end is the message that you know if your audience understands will, will generate impact and change in their life. Yeah. And the story is just the vehicle to make sure that that message or that idea hits home. Okay. Does yep. that make sense? Yep, it does. So yep. a lot of times we just focus on the idea. And when we communicate ideas or messages just, just you know, from brain to brain, uh, doesn't stick yeah that's the truth it doesn't stick just information by itself is not enough to generate change we have to be able to communicate information with emotion to be able to impact or influence people's decisions and actions right right and stories are are the best vehicle to do that because stories just internally they they come connected with emotions gotcha love it so what does your day look like? I mean, what does a day in a life look like for you? <laughs> you know, because you've been, obviously today was a really crazy busy day for you. And, yeah. And you're obviously taking time to be with us, which again, I'm so grateful for. Tell us about what does a day look like? Do you have a morning routine? Do you, what do you, what do you do to kind of keep yourself centered and, and prepared to, to teach and to yeah. help people learn how to storytell and all that stuff and keep your energy up and all that fun stuff? Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I like to stay active. Right, okay. I'm, I'm 40 years old now, and I I, I, my, my, I have a 16 year old son who plays basketball. Oh, nice! So I stay active with my son. We play a lot of basketball together. Can he beat uh, you? 
Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, so I, I, I played high school basketball and then I played college basketball in Chile. So, oh, right so I, I, I was in the basketball world a lot and it's well, always been one of my passions. Basketball is something okay. I've always loved. Yeah. And I want to hopefully extend that and be able to play as long as I can right now, even sure. though now I just play for fun. Sure. Yeah. So, so I, I stay active playing basketball at least two or three times a week. Nice. And then the days that I don't play basketball, I just run on the treadmill in the mornings. Uh, get, 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 yeah. you know, get, just keep the cardio up and then my son now and my daughter who's 14 they 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 kind of take me to the gym to do weights uh <laughs> three times a week so uh, nice. i'm always I, yeah. I think taking care of yourself physically is important right For sure. because that, yeah. that keeps you keeps your mind also healthy um and then once my day like business day starts I, right now i'm in a stage since i'm just starting my business here in the states in the united states where I'm positioning my brand here, right? In Latin okay. America, my brand is already well known and Doing I work great. with a lot of mm, big yeah. businesses and things, but we're going to be staying now here in the in the states, which which means that okay, I you know, I, I still obviously have some clients in Latin America and people right. that follow me there, but my focus is focus. how do I build my business here? Okay. So I'm in that initial entrepreneurial phase where you're just building out a brand where you're doing a lot of networking, where you're doing a lot of connections, having a lot of meetings so people can know yeah, who you are right. and what you do. Yeah. Um, and then and then also just creating a lot of content. Yeah. Right? Creating a content because today it's 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 not easy, but it's it's obviously very effective where you're creating content and, and that brings in people too. People right. who engage with what you're doing. So a lot of my day, even though I try not to like keep every single minute full because I also believe in flexibility and yeah. and I, I you know I got four kids so I also spend time with them yeah. and, and that keeps you busy. It keeps me busy as well. <laughs> but I a lot of my day now is I'm either coaching clients. A lot of them are from Latin America still. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot of like meetings and networking with people here. And then I'm nice. I'm constantly creating content every Mondays. Mondays are my content day. So Mondays I use the mornings to create content in Spanish and the afternoons to create my content in English for the whole week. It's a busy, busy day on it's a, Monday. It's it a sounds busy like. days yeah, on Mondays. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a creative, right? But yeah. I love that because yeah. I think like one of the things that I'm always very attracted to is creativity. So, so I think Mondays, even though I like the days where I'm having meetings and then I'm doing workshops or keynotes, Mondays to me where I just can sit down and create content. You just, yeah, that's, that's your, that's, that's one your of my jam. Favorite yeah. That's one of my favorite things. So you do individual coaching and then you also will coach like teams and uh, corporations and organizations. Is that yeah, right? So, so a lot of the individuals are now more B2C directly to consumer. Like oh, the, gotcha. the people who hire me more for, for one-on-one -on -one things are entrepreneurs or, okay. or they're business leaders who yeah. just want to, want to have a, a training with me one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe their business is not offering them that, but they still want to yeah. learn it because they see it as a skill set that will help them in their professional life, their sure. personal life. So I, my my, kind of my promise with with them is I have I have a, an eight week program, right? And I tell them, look, in eight weeks, I'll help you be a professional storyteller. Wow. In eight weeks, I'll I'll help you do what probably would take you like eight years by yourself. I'll do it in eight weeks with Dang. you, but it's very intensive. I can imagine. Right? And yeah. you have to you have to commit to it, and and I'll take you through the whole process, <laughs> the whole process of learning how to find stories, how to craft stories, and how to tell stories. Wow! And then at the end of that process, and 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 week to week they have challenges where they're sure. gonna be practicing it. Yeah, and I bet. At the end of the process, they have to be able to do everything, Man. and be able to craft a story from an idea, 
and then be able to tell that story in a way that engages and connects and they have an evaluation at the beginning and evaluation at the end. So that's that's more of like my one-on-one okay. B2C. Yeah. And then businesses hire me a lot to do, you know, workshops, keynotes, and then sometimes they'll ask me to help leaders who have to create a presentation and they just want them to do it really really well <laughs> like yeah, a TED right. talk type of thing yeah and yeah. i'll go in there and, and i'll help and consult with them and how to create a good a good speech i love that do you also get people who are pretty seasoned already as speakers but yeah. they're just trying to sharpen up and do they come to you and say yeah. hey this needs some you know sharpening up and some tune-ups yeah yeah will? so so i've trained like ted speakers and yeah. and and people who give conferences and keynotes the thing is that even though like like you were saying when you got into the speaking world there was you know you you kind of figure that oh telling stories you yeah, know really yeah. engages one thing is like telling stories and then the other is like having a methodology to it and, right and, yeah and it's almost like i always say like even 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 the pros right like like i love the nba and basketball so even like the basketball pros they're awesome basketball players but they all have a shooting coach yeah you know or a conditioning coach yeah. because once you get really good at something now the real the real upgrade comes in that one percent right like like i'm i'm here the reason why i came back to the states is because i came to study a master's in professional communications yeah and when i when i came to do do this a lot of my friends in latin america were like what are you already a like an expert in communication like you you train people in this what are you doing like you're gonna invest you know x amount yeah. of dollars to, to 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 do a master's in professional communications and and i told them i'm like look man like i I know I'm good at communication. Yeah. But I'm I'm not just trying to be good at it. Yeah. I'm trying to be great. Be great and and greatness comes a lot of times when you're good at something in that final one or two percent. Boy, I love that. So when I train yeah. speakers, people who are already doing things that where they're getting paid to speak, a lot of times they come to me because they're like, Look, I already tell stories and stuff, but I, I just tell stories like I I think I gotta tell stories. Like yeah. there's no methodology to it. Yeah. I've never worked with someone who's an expert at this. So when I do train them, at the end of the process, a lot of times it's like, this is a before and after. Like I yeah. never thought that to create a good story, there was so much art to it, yeah. so much technique. And once they understand that, now their stories go to another level. Wow, I love it. That's awesome. If someone wants to use your services and reach out to you to learn more about what you do, mm -hmm. like what's the best way for someone to do that if uh, to get a hold of you and, and learn more about your, your methodology? Well, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. So I'm a lot that's on how LinkedIn. We met. That's how we met, which right? is really cool. LinkedIn's yeah. awesome for LinkedIn that. LinkedIn is great. Right? That's one of the things I've I've been using it a lot to do networking and yeah. connect with people, and that's yeah. been awesome. So LinkedIn is a, is a way you can yeah. find me Cesar Castro on LinkedIn and just send me a DM, or you can go to my website, right? Uh, uh, www.cesarcastro.com. Yeah, which is my English yeah. version of English my version. Of my, yeah, of my website, and there there's like a little. Um, like a, a little, what's it, like a little form at the end if someone has a question or wants to know more about my services. And you can send me a, a little message through there and, and happy to, to respond, reply. And, and yeah. obviously from there, we can see what, what people are needing. Yeah, and we'll put all those links in the show notes when we go live so everyone can just click right to you and get awesome. to you. And, but yeah, I think it's amazing what you're doing. And I I'm, uh, think it's amazing how, how it came to be. I, I have a big belief that life happens for us. Mm-hmm. And as hard as I'm sure it was that your brother who's uh, who passed, who wasn't able to communicate, but yet it almost trained you yeah. with this creativity, using his voice, what he would say. And yeah. it led to, look what you get to do now. And, and you're like, you know, 
you're helping people become masters at storytelling and yeah how cool is that right i mean and what a way to honor your brother yeah at the end of the day don't you think i mean to me that is the ultimate purpose obviously you know you do this as a business and you make money right. doing it and everything but but to me knowing that i can honor my brother knowing that i can tell the stories that he was never able to tell yeah that to me is 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 my is what moves me for sure right? is what moves me and I love it and and if if somebody you know whether it be you know a client or someone that listens to a story that i tell at some point if if i'm able to tell something or give them a share a story that that impacts their life that to me is is the ultimate ultimate reward for what i do yeah, i love that and and knowing that in a way by doing that i'm also honoring my brother who i'm sure would have been an awesome communicator <laughs> yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um <laughs> that that is the ultimate and awesome. and i think that when we do things uh whatever we're doing professionally when we're doing it with with purpose and you know, i'm sure what you're doing too is is yeah. purpose is not just it's my business it's purpose yeah, there's a purpose behind it i think when we're when we're in that purpose and usually if you see all purposes are somehow connected to helping others to to being someone who hopefully makes life a little easier for someone else like when we find those purposes that are not about us are about others um i think that's when we find something that that little spark that gives us the energy. Wow, beautifully said. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this one last question here. If And I like to ask this with all my guests. Okay. If, if there's someone listening to you right now who is in a dark place, they're struggling, and they're just, you know, because a lot of times my listeners come here looking for some inspiration because they're really in a dark spot in yeah. their life. Yeah. And. And obviously, you've been through some things in your life, and you've 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 fought through some challenges and things like that. What would you tell that person right now, to maybe help them and give them some hope? What helps me to remember is that no matter what I'm going through, there's always a good story that will come out at the other side. Yeah, and and sometimes even the hardest moments in life, like the switch that that's actually helped me a lot to face challenges in my life is when I'm going through a a rough patch. I'm I'm always thinking this is going to be a good story someday. <laughs> because the That's best a good stories, way to look at the it. The best stories are are usually, you know, the 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 most complicated ones too, right? right? The, right. The, we don't go when we go to theater or when we're reading a good book, we don't go just cuz it's all good, it's all roses, right? right? We go because we want to we want to hear or watch the struggle. Yeah. That we're attracted to the struggle, but even though people are going through struggles, we always know that at the end, there's going to be something good that comes from right. it. And, and that is, if you think about it, that's kind of the cycle, constant cycle of even a story, right? There's a struggle, and we always know somehow, some way at the end, the, the, the main character is going to end better than how it started. That's so true, right? And I think that is the metaphor of life. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go through struggles. That's, that's, there's no way you can avoid that. So I would first start there, like know that if you're going through struggle, you're, you're alive, right? Because yeah. that's yeah. part of life. Right. But know that just like any good story, there's always going to be a happy ending at the end. Yeah. If if you're, you're, you're able to stay with it long enough. Yeah. Um, for me, for me, remembering that principle has actually helped me. Like it's helped me to, even when I'm going through those struggles, know that there's going to be, the sun will come out tomorrow. Yeah. And when the sun comes out tomorrow, not only will I feel better, but I'm going to have a good story to tell. A story to tell myself and a story to hopefully tell others yeah. to inspire them to also know that 
Yeah. There's going to be a better tomorrow. Wow. That is beautifully said. And I agree with that because again, if life happens for us, you're going through this. So one day you can be the person that will help someone who might be going through the same thing you went through. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, man, you're amazing. You're very well-spoken. I love what you do. I'm so glad we connected. Um, I think it's great um, that you um, fought through what you needed to to be able to be in a position to do this. You're starting this now here in America. Yeah. I'm sure if it was good there, it's going to be just as good here. <laughs> and, and and I'd love to help in that. So we're going to promote this as much as we can. I'm going to send as many people as we possibly can. And I'm going to challenge our listeners right now to to reach out to you, ask you a question. Yeah. If you want to be a better storyteller, whether it's with your business, with your family, with your partner, reach out to you and and learn from the best here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I can't thank you enough for spending some time in your busy schedule to be with me today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy that I had this conversation with you. Yeah. And that I was able to travel here at a beautiful place as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, best of luck with everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Well, there you go, folks, man. I told you, uh, Cesar Castro, beautiful name, beautiful man, great person, doing great things. Tune in each every week. I love you guys for doing that. Share this with anyone you know who needs to be inspired. And if you want to be a better storyteller or um, and you're struggling, whether it's a personal level or if it's in a business level, reach out to Cesar and he will help you out. Um, again, we'll have all the links in the show notes that you guys can just click right on it. Again, thanks to my sponsors. Thanks to the music that you heard at the beginning and the end of this episode. It's by my good friend, Paul Cardall. He's an amazing human being. I love him. So thank you, Paul, for letting us use your music. And I love all of you. Uh, thank you so much. And again, Cesar, one last thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Take care, everyone.